Talk Radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends. KVI Want to Know Weekends. Get ready to raise a toast with Seattle's most spirited hour of talk, Happy Hour Radio. Explore the best in Washington wines, beer, spirits, food, and more with your guide, Seattle sommelier, Christopher Chan. It's Happy Hour Radio, right now on Talk Radio 570 KVI. Well, bonjour, Seattle. Hello, Puget Sound, and welcome to Happy Hour Radio. I'm your host, Christopher Chan, advanced sommelier, your weekend wine guy, and, uh, the professor of Provence Rosé today. I'm so excited to uh, have the ambassadors of the Sud de France, the, the great Vans de Provence. Uh, I've got Valerie Lelong here, who's the communications manager from the Vans de Provence. And uh, tis the season for rosé. In fact, it's a whole all-year-round beverage. In fact, we were having a, a really fun tasting uh, over at Bar Melusine, which is uh, on 11th and Union. Fantastic. It's a Rene Erickson property. Uh, Bobby Palmquist was the executive chef. He did a fantastic job. It was absolutely delicious. And, of course, we had eight fantastic rosés. Now, everyone thinks Provence rosé. There's a lot of, you know, uh, a lot of sophistication to rosé, even though people think, you know, it's not expensive. I mean, there's there's uh, regulations for this stuff. I, of course, you know, when I started my wine project, Coral Wines, I came out with the Provence-style rosé with Morvet and Sanso. Uh, so we're going to chat about rosé today, and then we're going to jump back into Washington and... Uh, connect with Virtue Cellars, um, and we're going to track uh, some of the red wine. So we've got pink wine today and red wine, and Valerie Lelong, communications manager for Vans de Provence. Welcome to Seattle. Welcome, welcome to Happy Hour. <laughs> Hi, Christopher. I'm so glad to be here today. Me too. Uh, it's a great Saturday night, and we had such a f- wonderful week with the sunshine, and yes. uh, uh, it was a perfect day for rosé. So um, let's talk about Provence. Provence is in the south of France. Tell me about Provence. It is. like Provence is a very nice region very known worldwide for tourism as a tourism destination but it is also a wine region Côte d'Azur right? yeah it is on the Côte d'Azur but uh, you find the region is on the seaside but also uh, inland you can find nice landscapes and um, and nice wines everywhere. And Provence is the region where all the uh, um, what the, the what are the pa- the painters the impressionist painters, right? Yes, yeah. Cezanne, Cezanne and, and yeah, Van Gogh, Picasso, Pic- Van Gogh, yeah. they all came because of the light. The light. Yeah, the sun and the light. Over the sunlight there. Yeah. and the absinthe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we probably weren't drinking enough rosé back then. Um, well, interesting enough. So Provence is actually uh, the term that was coined after uh, the Romans had settled uh, Provincia Romania, R- Romana, right? Yes. So it's now called Provence, and of course that's the French version, uh, and we call it Provence, and it's one of those f- French words that translates to it's a region, right? And that's like Bordeaux and Burgundy, etc. Exactly. So uh, how large is the area of Provence? Um, it's about 200 kilometers from east to west and about 100 kilometers from north to south. All right. So it's going from the Mediterranean to the foothill of uh, the Alps mountains. Mm-hmm. So Excellent. And we have several cities that sort of mark the delineation of the borders, right? We have Marseille on one side for the most part. Yeah, Marseille, Aix-en-Provence, Nice on the other yes. side. So very famous cities for oh, yeah. for tourism. Uh, I fell in love with Nice. Nice is nice. That's for sure. It is. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. So, um, interesting enough, uh, Marseille was settled by the Greeks uh, 600 years before Christ existed, and then the Romans came in and took over about 200 AD, and they were really responsible for planting vines all throughout Europe. Is that right? Exactly. So the first vines uh, planted in Europe were in Provence, around Marseille, and then the Romans just spread out this uh, culture all over Europe. 
Yeah, and uh, it's it's interesting how how easily a vine grows. All you need is a stick, right? I mean, it'll it'll turn to life at some point. You just, even though it looks dormant, you just plant it and get some water, and it and it grows. So that's why they called it the vine, right? The, the divinity. It's yeah. it's like it's like something from heaven almost. It is. Well, let's talk about. Um, they make both all kinds of wines down there, but is there a sparkling wine in Provence? Uh, there is sparkling wines oh. um, more and more, but um, that's not that's not our main production. Sure. Our main production is, of course, it's rosé. It's rosé, yeah. and we eighty nine percent of our eighty nine percent, then seven yeah. percent red and four percent white. Exactly. How about that? So that's wines pretty... to discover reds and whites, even if they're not already really available on the U.S. market. But if you get a chance to go to Provence, you will be able I to think, taste them. I thought I had a white a Provence wine from Palette. I think that I, yeah, I, I think yeah, I remember few, having one. Yeah, yeah, you can find a few. Which was really there. unique, and I thought it was absolutely delicious. Of course, <laughs> everything is delicious <laughs> when you're in France. It doesn't matter where, uh, especially when the sun is shining and <laughs> you've got French fries and aioli. <laughs> well, I call them pommes frites. What do you call French fries in France? French fries, frites. <laughs> frites. Okay, just frites. No pommes frites, right? That's my uh, my grade school French lessons. I, yeah. I had to say everything from the, the book. Um, well, so fun. You, you brought three rosés today, but um, how many producers of rosé are there in Provence? Are there about 500 uh, winemakers uh, and about 60 um, cooperatives plus negotiants who work? Interesting. So, so we have um, an area. The vineyard planting is, is about uh, 26... Thousand hectares, hectares. Yeah. which so times two point four is about it's close to sixty thousand acres. Yeah, yeah. And Washington State has just over fifty thousand acres of mm-hmm. vines, and we have nine hundred wineries. Yeah, and you've got just over five hundred with some cooperatives and negociants in Provence. Um, so you you actually have less wineries and more space, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And, of, of course, um, here in Washington, we are growing so many different grapes. And Provence is known for growing a, a whole host of different grapes that are allowed into the wines. Um, let's talk about some of the... So we have white grapes and red grapes. Yes. Um, no pink grapes. <laughs> no. <laughs> can be, can be. Yeah. Uh, and uh, there are some regulations about Provence rosé. So let's just talk about Provence rosé. What is? What are the minimum requirements to be labeled Provence rosé? Um, to be... To be an AOP, like we have three main AOPs in Provence, Côte de Provence, Côte d'Aix en Provence, and Côte d'Avoir en Provence, and they follow specific regulations. So the specification for um, this free appellation is a minimum of 50% in the blend of either Saint-Saëns, Syrah, Grenache, Tibourin, or Mourvèdre. So they are the five main um, grape varieties, the pri- primary grape varieties for uh, AOP wines in Provence. And AOP is Appellation Origine Protégée. Protégée, yes. Protégé. Which means with this appellation, you um, you keep the typicity of the wines of the region, which is important because Provence Rosé is known as a style of wine, and this style comes from this typicity and the specification to, to produce it. Just like champagne. And yes. Burgundy and Bordeaux. Like a- any AOP in any France. Any AOP yeah. in France, whether it's cheese or <laughs> cognac. Or other, yeah. Or cider. cider. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so basically they're saying that you have an, a distinct delineation in an area that is protected by its its craft and, and the ingredients that go into it, right? All those things. And therefore it's it's authentic, right? Yes, it is. Because yeah. they keep... That's you, how you, it is authentic. Now, it's kind of interesting. We talked about... Um, so Provence Rosé has to be 
dry for the most part. I mean, there, there's no more than four grams of residual sugar in any yeah. rosé by law. That's part of the specification, yeah, yes. by law. And also by law, they say you have to have um, at least half of the, the juice comes from five different grapes. Yes, exactly. And it can be 50% of Grenache or it can be 25% Grenache and 25% Morved, and then the rest can be some of the other grapes we'll talk about. But you mentioned yes. five main grapes, which yes. are Sanso, Syrah, Morvedre, Grenache, and... And Tiburin, which Tiburin. is a special grape variety from Provence. Very special. Yes. Yeah, it's nice to have the original ones there. <laughs> and those are all red grapes, of course. They are all red grapes, yeah. Now, interesting enough, uh, of course, they actually can add white grapes to rosé. Yeah, during the fermentation only, you can add uh, white grapes in the blend for our rosé. In in Provence, um, rosés are made with blend, so that's that's also um, part of the specification. Requirement, right. You can't find a only... 100% Grenache rosé. No, you can't. You got me there. <laughs> a so yeah, you can add white grapes during the at the time of the fermentation. Right. And and these white grapes usually it's Rol Vermentino. Right. And it brings its own uh, aromas to the wine. So. So Vermentino is actually a grape that's known in Sicily, I think. Uh, that's in, in Italy. Yeah, in Italy, and yeah. well known from Sicily. Yeah. Um, so we have several different great white grape varieties that can go into rosé. And yeah. uh, that, of course, is Bourbonlanc, Claret, yeah, Uni Blanc, uh, Uni Blanc uh, Vermentino, or Roll, yeah. Sauvignon Blanc, and Semillon. Yes. Now, whoever thought of that? That's, that's wild, but you're not too far from Bordeaux, so I can see that somehow, you know. Not hey. too far. It's about like eight, well, 600 kilometers, I think, from Bordeaux. But um, the main va grape variety, the main white grape variety is, uh, is uh, Roll. So that's the one you will find more often. In, sure. And in there the are blend. some other red grape varieties as well. Yeah, you can also use uh, Carignan. Carignan. And Caladoc. Uh, Cunoise. Yes. And um, Cabernet Sauvignon. And Cabernet Sauvignon, of course. We, we, no one would ever think that Cabernet Sauvignon is in the rosés of Provence. And yet, we actually have a rosé yeah. that has a little dash of Cabernet Sauvignon. You find Cabernet Sauvignon more on the, um, the AOP Cotodex en Provence, so in the, in the western part. Uh, it was settled there, I think, in the 50s. And uh, so it's part... Cotodex en Provence is, uh, is one of our AOP who produce more red than... Uh, all, more rosé, of course, but the, the the share of red is more important, and they use Cabernet for for their reds. Sure. So. And let's talk about, so the area of Provence is about 60,000 uh, acres, and we have um, some cities that really mark the borders. We have Aix-en-Provence, which is inland. Of course, yes. we have Marseille, which is to the west, and Nice is to the east. Uh, and, those, of course, those are seaside towns. And um, so we have grapes growing right close to the sea, don't we? Exactly. Uh, we have three different regions which are primarily responsible for 94% of the production. Or is it 96? Uh, 96 percent. <laughs> this three, there are nine AOPs in Provence, but the, the three main AOPs produce 96% of the Right. So if we're looking at a map at, and, and we're looking, uh, the water is at our belly and then the, the land is to our, our face. So, uh, like I said, Marseille's to the left, Nice is to the right, and X is in, in the inland, in the center, almost in the center. Aix-en-Provence is Côte de Aix-en-Provence, right? Yes. That's one of the uh, appellations. But that is the second appellation, right? That's the second founded yeah. appellation. Yeah. The first was Côte de, Prov Côte Côte de, de Provence. Provence. Right. Yeah. Côte de Provence is the largest one and goes from the north of Nice to uh, to the 
west, the east of Aix-en-Provence, so it's quite large. Yes, yeah. and then the second appellation, of course, the AOP was the, the uh, Coteau d'Aix-en-Provence. And yes. then the third one is Varrois. Coteau Varrois en Provence. Coteau so Varrois. that's in the very middle of, um, of Provence, yeah, in the center of Provence, where the climate is a bit different there. Elevation too, right? Yeah, more elevation. Wines are planted on, on hills, like around... 500 meters high. Sure. Um, and there's also um, many mountains around. So this appellation is surrounded by mountains, which change the climate. They are they have colder uh, winter time and uh, older summer time. So that's that's changed the terroir over there. Yes. And, so that's and what makes special. the Côte the uh, d'Azur so wonderful is obviously the sea and the sun. You have the Mediterranean, which, um, you know, is warm. <laughs> it's it lovely. <laughs> and it's actually sometimes hot, really hot. Um, but you also have, these are the conditions of the climate, right? But there's something else unique about uh, Provence is that you have air from the sea coming in, the breezes. But you also have air coming down from the north, the yes, Mistral. The Mistral. Yes. Right, which is a very, very strong, fierce wind. Mm-hmm. And it's also quite chilly. Yes, it is. Coming so it comes from the, from the north, it's from the Rhone Valley, so from the north. And when he encountered the uh, sea breezes, it just turned to the to the east and go through Provence. So that's that's a very helpful wind for us because it dries the the vines after the rain. Sure. And we have safer vines like this. Right. And most seaside places get a lot of rain. You think? I mean, because it's on the coast and we got winds blowing the, the clouds in and. Yeah, the, along the coast, there's uh, not that much of rain. There's it's more Always inland. ventilation, uh, but not that much of rain. Okay. Yeah, the small mild temperature, not a lot of difference between night and days and uh, and winter and summer. But uh, there's a lot of uh, ventilation, not a lot of rain. Right, and that helps because when you have moisture and warmth, you have a, the perfect conditions for mold and rot. Yeah, and the airflow, the airflow actually uh, helps keep those grapes dry and healthy. Which means they can use less pesticides and less fungicides um, and make better wine. And we talked about organic wines um, and how many vineyards are organic in Provence. Uh, 19% of the uh, the vines are producing organic. Yeah, so yeah. almost two out of every ten vines are, are um, organic, which is great because uh, that's been the movement. And go figure that they've been doing that for quite a long time now. Yeah, they were on sustainable agriculture so uh, for a long time and now they are... T- most of them are turning into uh, organic agriculture. I love it. Well, we've got three wines to taste, and uh, so stick around, folks. We're going to come back uh, and speak more with the communications manager from the Vins de Provence, uh, Miss Valerie Lelong, who uh, is in the studio today. And uh, stick around. i got three great rosés coming your way right here on Happy Hour Radio. Start your day the right way. John Carlson, live and local, 6 to 8 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. Now more KVI Want to Know Weekends. Back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chen. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. Time for round two. And uh, lucky me, I got three glasses, three bottles of French rosé. The true rosé, the the Vans de Provence, which is really the original site of uh, pink wine. In fact, most wine was actually pink back in the day, and that's what's really neat about it. Everyone thinks that rosé is kind of this new fad. Heck, it's been around forever. It may not have been as fashionable, and certainly they probably weren't chilling it because they didn't have refrigeration back then. But uh, I tell you, anytime you can get a bottle of rosé and just sit outside or inside for that matter, just get a bottle of rosé, it makes life better. 
We have three here. Uh, the first one, and of course you talked about almost 500 producers of rosé, so there are a lot of expressions of this rosé, and they're all uniquely different. This is what I learned uh, at our tasting the other day with those eight great wines, that they were all had different personality. Relatively similar looking, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's kind of like twins, I guess, maybe. <laughs> still a little different. Uh, the first wine is called, uh, what is it, Be- Burn? Yes. Bern Inspiration Coast de Provence. Let's talk about this. What's inspiration. Inspiration, yeah. I try to throw my French in there. Um, this is in a very unique bottle. This is kind of a, it reminds me of the uh, Empire State Building. Oh, yeah, really? That's, that's a square bottle, which is, it is a square original, bottle. yes. Yes, it is original. So. With a sun on it, which is yes. in- inspiring. Uh, yes, it is inspiring. Uh, tell me what's in this wine. Uh, that's, so the blend is, um, is Grenache first, and Sanso and Syrah. So that's the, uh, the usual blend in Provence, the three mains uh, varietal that you would find in a, in a, in a Provence rosé. Yes. Um, you know, it's interesting. We, I wanted to go back to the areas of Provence because there's two, two cities in there that make some wine. One is Cassis, which we know for Cassis, but the other is Bandol, which is known for some great red wines. It's one of the villages in, yeah. in the area of Provence. So back to this wine, the Baron Inspiration, um, three great varieties. And so the, half of them, so actually those are all three of the main ones, right? So we yes, they are. Grenache, uh, and this so. one is mainly Grenache, 70% of Grenache. All right. Yes. Um, what I like about this, and of course, these wines are not chilled. This is basically room temperature. And on a warm day like this, you would think this is where you find flaws in the wine because there's there's no chill holding, you know, hiding some of the flavors. There's, there's no residual sugar in this wine, so you can't hide it. Um, but this is a, you can drink this room temperature. Yes. It's still refreshing. Yeah, yes. It's still refreshing because the, the aromas are fresh anyway in the, in the glass. And uh, when you put two, you put ice cubes in your glass of frosé, you just kill the aromas. So I won't do it if you want, but I, I would prefer to have well, it Well, but the, if it's in a plastic my cup. My temperature, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's okay to put ice cubes in a plastic cup because that's so, you know, it's, it's, just, it's about enjoyment, right? In fact, the lifestyle of Provence is one of the, the main attractions about the area. Um, and everyone thinks having a glass of wine at lunch is the French way. Yes. The French mm. paradox, perhaps. Uh, this wine is absolutely delicious. It's a it's really a medium-bodied wine. It has just a very faint uh, touch of tannin, which gives you um, a drying finish. Of course, there's no sugar in this wine. So uh, the acid is just, just over medium. It's, it's bright, but it's not over bright. In my opinion, you never want to chill rosé too cold because you're going to lose some of this. This is a very, very delicate wine, especially when you have a, a blend and you know the, the flavor it all comes from the skins right and so this is just just the pressing of the flavors from all those three grapes um, a delicious wine uh, I think this is about $20 a bottle is that right yeah it's about yeah yeah 19, 19 20, yeah. yeah I'm trying to remember uh, it seems so long ago <laughs> um, but absolutely delicious so uh, next one uh, and this is um, interesting because of the eight wines we tried this is the only one in the uh, vino lock closure so all, everyone else was a corked and it's interesting Interesting. Um, you, do you see the Provence wines taking the screw cap at all? Not really. Uh, well, there's a few, but we are still a French producing uh-huh. region, you know, so the cork is still important yeah, for us. You're closer to Portugal. Yes, yeah. And <laughs> yeah. we have nice bottles uh, with these nice shapes of water. We have oh, different right. shapes of bottle, and um, the cork is uh, always perfect. Yeah, because they don't make those for screw caps. <laughs> it looks <though>. better. <laughs> it does look better. Okay, second wine is called H&B. So what does the H&B stand for? I said it was hot and bothered, but that's not true. That's the, the name of the brand, H&Bagnet. Okay. H&Bagnet. Okay, <laughs> uh, what's in this wine? So that's also Grenache, Sanso, and Syrah, but also Roll. So that's, that's a perfect example of a wine where in the blend there's a, a grape, a white grape. 
um, and uniquely, distinctly different. Uh, now, the flavors are similar, but the texture is different here. And um, obviously, when you think about flavors in in rosé, in Provence rosé, of course, you're getting some flavor from the grapes, but also getting some from the autolysis, from the, the lees, the yeast in there, which gives you just sort of a creaminess or um, a, we'll call it yeast, but it's, it's kind of a bread note, and it's, it's delicious on the palate because it's... It's kind of creamy, and it really helps, especially when you have just a touch of uh, uh, tannin in the wines, which helps dry the palate. Um, so I think this is a great way to start. Uh, the uh, burn inspiration, um, a little lighter, a little more floral. This one has just a little more body, but I think that roll adds a little more dimension to the mm-hmm. texture of the wine. Um, it's delicious. So uh, H and B stands for? It's about $19. And tell me again, the H and the B is? It's Echt and Bagné. Echt. And beignet. Yes. Okay. And that's also not the ban- Provence Not as. Bagno. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Spanish. Uh, really cool. Um, how much wine is coming from Provence to the United States these days? I remember we looked at that slide. In 2001, it was zero. Yeah. It was nearly zero. It was and just banned all It's about 1.9 million cases in 2018. Yeah. Uh, 17, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. great for everybody. Yeah, US is our first market. I still don't understand how you can keep the price so low. How do you get it over <laughs> there? I mean, uh, uh, you got to be some so better. So that's wages. why you uh, you drink so much. That's true. Course, like, I, that's, yeah, I guess that's, that works out for way. us. As the end user, um, I'm not going to complain too much. Uh, okay, so our third wine is called uh, Coeur, and now it's interesting. This is the Paris Wine Company, huh? Uh, Coeur, which is heart. Um, this is called Vin Saintier de Provence. Yes. Um, now, this one is distinctly unique because the color is a little richer. This is uh, more of that, s- what do you call that, strawberry? Raspberry? Yeah, it's strawberry, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a bit darker than the, the other, the two other. Um, and you find in it like, always Grenache, saint and Syrah, but a little bit of Cabernet because it's uh, Coteau d'Aix-en-Provence. Coteau d'Aix-en-Provence. And so here we have a little Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, just in, on, only there. 6%, but it, it is the typicity of this appellation. Uh, and I think this one has a little more going on in the aroma than, uh, of course, the first one is very floral and elegant. The second one, um, more texture. I didn't get a lot on the nose on, on the second yeah, one. On the second one, more texture, but yeah. also more Garrig flavors like fennel, anise, or the... Provencal herbs. Yeah, yes. uh-huh. So that's uh, Provencal herbs are rosemary, thyme, yes, and fennel, and fennel. Uh, yes, and, and lavender, anise, yeah, and, and lavender. lavender, yeah. Uh, so fun. So this one, obviously, you can't necessarily tell. Um, well, there's no there's no uh, regulation for color in Provence, right? They can make it any color they want. Of yes. course, people prefer the lighter, the pale, the salmon, the patina, the peach color. Um, and we talked about some of the flavors in the wines that we had a nice slide. So some of the flavors used to describe um, Provence Rosé are grapefruit. Oh, that's red, red fruits, red like fruits, strawberry, raspberry, but also floral. Many f- white flowers. <laughs> Des fleurs blanches. Blanche. And also spices and, uh, and Provencal herbs. Yes, so and everything. citrus. Yeah, citrus, um, peach. Yes, yeah. and stone fruits. Yeah, And sometimes licorice. Yes, yeah. licorice. All right, what do we got And here? on this one, I, that's my personal point of view, but I feel like honey in it. Yeah, I can, that's, my, that's what I like in this wine. Mm. 
Uh, this, this is definitely a different wine than mm. the other two, which is really wonderful. This has a little more structure. I think you're getting tannin from the Cabernet Sauvignon, which makes it more of a food wine. Mm -hmm. So you exactly. might not be enjoying this by the glass as much unless you're having some food. And so some of the foods, in fact, rosé goes goes with everything. I should say Provence rosé goes with everything. <laughs> we were looking and a few days ago of what won't go, wouldn't go with Provence rosé. Yeah. And nobody could find one. I know. Well, I, I did. <laughs> I said it was Captain Crunch. <laughs> I, oh, and I said eggs, but uh, you said you, eggs. You can find a recipe with eggs. Well, going well with Provence Rosé as well. Salad Nissoise has hard-boiled yeah, eggs. Yeah, there are right? there are eggs in Salad Nissoise. That's uh, right. This third wine, um, this is a, a unique wine. It's called Van Sancier de Provence. What's the retail price for this typically? Uh, I think they're all in the same price range, so about nineteen dollars. I. Oh, I love it. Um, and rosé production has increased over the years, correct? Or um, were they making the same and just selling at other places, just drinking at home? No, we're just selling more to the U.S. market, but I we see. produce nearly every year the same the wow. same amount of rosé. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So who are we taking it from? <laughs> it doesn't matter. France. You're taking it from France. <laughs> yes. Interesting. And so the, the three great largest countries who consume uh, Van de Provence or rosé are? So, uh, so France, of course, the uh -huh. U.S., USA, uh, UK, and uh, Germany and Germany. Belgium. Yeah, yeah the Germany. same. Germany, Belgium. Because uh, they're big the drinkers in Germany. Yes, they are. Well, they can they consume rosé for for nearly forty years now. So uh, yeah, because they're nice and close. So uh, if people want to learn more about the wines of Provence, where can they go for a website? They can go on vindeprovence.com. Vindeprovence.com. Yeah. And uh, if they're out there drinking rosé, is there a Twitter handle? Uh, at Wines of Provence, right? That's Twitter. Yes, at Wines of Provence. Masters of Rosé. And if you are <laughs> want to, you know, hashtag something, uh, which yeah. I don't know what that does really, but it gets it out there. <laughs> you can track it. I understand that part. It's uh, Masters of Rosé. Of Rosé, which ironically is Masters O Frosé. <laughs> so fun. Uh, well, Valerie Lelong, uh, the communications manager for Vans de Provence. Vansdeprovence.com. This has been a real pleasure, a real treat. I'm I'm really pleased to have the opportunity to help uh, share the. the presentation of the Vans Provence because I'm smitten and now I feel like I, I can know more and, and share more and that's a great thing for sommelier. Thanks so much for joining me and happy hour radio. Thanks Christopher and I was glad to be in Seattle. Yes, it worked <laughs> out. Hey folks. With this beautiful weather. <laughs> <laughs> yes it is. It's uh, springtime in Seattle and it's rosé time uh, but I've got uh, Kevin Mueller and his lovely wife Catherine are in studio with Virtue Sellers. We're coming up next so stick around. We'll be right back on Happy Hour Radio. Unapologetically American, period. Kirby Wilbur, weekdays, 10 to noon, talk radio 570 KVI. It's KVI Want to Know Weekends, and you're listening to Happy Hour Radio. Now back to Seattle Sommelier, Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back. It's time for round three, and there's three beautiful people in the studio. It's uh, Kevin Mueller, the co-founder of Virtue Sellers, lovely wife, Catherine. Uh, Mueller and uh, uh, well she actually has a, a, a rider with her <laughs> uh, expecting a, a lovely baby soon uh, well Kevin uh, Mueller Virtue Sellers how did you come about having this this crazy idea of starting a winery <laughs> well we're one of 900 you said earlier I think uh, wineries in Washington yes um, you know it's just always a dream of ours uh, one of those people who talked about getting into wine for years and then never did anything about it and so one day I guess it would have been 2013. You know, I just 
I was in a conversation about getting involved in wine and, you know, it had been, you know, a number of years talking about it. And I finally just said, you know, I got to do something about this. So a friend of mine uh, had a neighbor who was a legitimate winemaker, <laughs> Brian from Structure Cellars, if you know those Brian guys. Brian Grasso, yeah. yeah. And Brandy. Yeah. So, Brandy. I, so I, w- I wandered over there from my one of my best friend's houses who lived across the street and poked around, asked me if he needed some help. And six years later, here we are doing our own thing. So I, I, I spent about four years assistant winemaking with Brian, and oh. uh, we just got our label launched this last uh, summer. So we're well, brand new. Well, good for you. And uh, I would say that it's best not to start a winery in 2007. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, no, no. So you could have thought about that, and that's not a bad excuse. But, uh, of course, the economic crisis affected everybody, especially wines, luxury wines. I mean, there was a lot of sales. But, Catherine, did you dig on this idea? Were you being a wine lover all this time as well? Oh, I absolutely love wine. And uh, when I first started dating Kevin, he said that he had this passion and a dream, and I said, great, I'll be a professional taste tester. (laughs) So I uh, got into it, and it's, yeah, we're living the dream. Uh, Excellent. And uh, what was the first vintage? You said it was... 2013. 2013. Okay. So luckily luckily we didn't live through the 2008 winery. Well, every industry was hit in in that year, right? Yeah, everybody. Yeah, so 2013, so... uh, this coming year will will be our sixth, yeah. And how many wines are you making? So it's looking. We just finished bottling, or excuse me, uh, blending trials. It's looking like we're going to do seven this year. Uh, we've in the past done four and then six, and yeah, I think so. We're adding a rosé to our lineup. First year we're doing a rosé, ah. and then this will also be the first year we're adding a reserve cab. All uh, right. one of our Lots just just deserve to be a reserve, so so we're so we're doing that, you know, trying to limit uh, limit the total number of you know of bottlings, but at the same time do as you know much uniqueness and expression of what we can produce as possible. So, well, um, what was your model for wines? Obviously, you were making wine with Brian at Structure, and um, I'm going to say Washington wine is a certain style. Of course, we have great ripeness, but also good structure. Um, but when you wanted to get in the wine business, were you thinking Washington wine? I mean, absolutely, yeah. I, I grew up around here, uh, North Seattle. Families all around here, and you know, I'm proud of being a Washingtonian. I love this state. There's so much to offer, and wine to me is just one of the many things that Washington, as a as a geographic location offers the world and it's one of one of the things you know that about washington that makes it unique and so you know we love wine in general and getting involved in 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 the industry is something you know that uh you know we look at as a way to showcase how amazing this state is right and then you can match that with some of the great food we have you brought three wines today of course they're all red wines i don't see a white one in your list here no whites okay no whites yeah. we're just reds today uh we may add a white at some point but uh for now we're we're all reds That's and a, as i mentioned this one rosé we're launching this summer so. white wines are a tough sell these in washington yeah. we all <laughs> dig our reds and we now dig rosé because there you go you're making rosé everybody's got rosé and, yeah. and it's got to be good that's the whole point of making wine and you are making great wine let's taste some so the first wine here is a red blend yeah this is uh our 2015 fortitude red blend it's our bordeaux style wine we do uh mostly merlot uh decent amount of cab and then a splash of malbec in this wine um 20 our next bottling in 27 16s we're going to be adding a little cab franc into this blend as well 
Uh, so, um, interesting. The, yeah, all the Bordeaux varietals. You'll find it's it's a very bright wine. Get a lot of cherry and sort of ripe red fruits. Yeah, red fruits. Mm-hmm. Uh, and nice bright acidity. Um, and the tannin. It's uh, I think blends. Washington is blends like no other place. I, that's not true. I guess Bordeaux is a blend, and Rhone's are a blend. Burgundy's mm-hmm. not. But we have just great. We have consistent growing uh, regions and, and great grapes that can go into blends and it just works. I mean, it's crazy. You like Firehouse Red from yeah. Tamarack. Mm-hmm. I think it's got like eleven grapes in it, <laughs> and it works. Um, now I'm looking at this. Are these prices? Yes. Yes. No we, way. We entered the market at the low end to make sure that we could uh, provide it. a value. Yeah. Value. <laughs> Holy smokes! Thanks. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, you must. Got a so, low interest loan. Yeah. No, our <laughs> our goal was, you know, to be community driven, local, and we spent a lot of our time in our hundred percent self distributed uh wine club and a few restaurants. So oh. you know, we're very small. We're about two hundred cases right now. So, oh really? Yeah. So oh. we might be one of, your, way to do it. one of your smallest wine winemakers on the show, maybe, but uh that's all right. That's our you know, that's where we're at. Well, that's what you can handle, and that's what, you know, there's a certain stress factor for, um, and especially as a family, I know that my partner, we're in the wine biz, and it's, there's some stress, mm-hmm. uh, lots to do, and it, we went out and made 1,600 cases of wine our first year. Oh, man. <laughs> there's some stress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's not in the book. That's all because we had more grapes than we expected, because uh, uh-huh. we said let it hang, and we ended up with 30% more grapes. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, delicious wine. I can't believe that it's 17 bucks. That is a steal of a wine. Um, and it's a nice package. What is the, the, the label here? It looks like a grapes or vines or... I think I'll let Catherine answer that. She <laughs> uh, is, you know, was the inspiration behind the label and the naming, so... Yeah, we wanted it to be really approachable and uh, to almost look like a stamp. We are really proud of uh, the wines that we produce, and uh, like we mentioned, we have a real passion for it. So we kind of, I call it our stamp of approval. Okay. Uh, and the, the the title, Virtue, um, that's cool. Obviously, you, you get to hang out with Woodward Canyon and Viscon Cellars <laughs> at tasting events, it seems, with the W's and Wawa Vintners. Um, and Virtue came up. Did, did you have uh, three choices for names, or did you say, you know what, it's going to be Virtue Social from the get-go? Yeah, we kind of lucked out. We were talking about, um, you know, what are we going to call this thing? And we, I think we were driving back from eastern Washington, and we thought, what would really embody, you know, our love of wine? And we thought, well, you know, what do we want to do? We want to create really great wines that we're proud of and we thought what better way to call it virtue because that's what it is it's a it's a virtue we want it to you know really like have that feel and um you know i don't know almost like morality to it okay well i remember when i had my wine i said i'm gonna make a wine called coral wines and we're gonna have white red pink and so sometimes it comes in your head and you know it and that's what you believe in which makes it great passion uh second wine here um and I, i'm digging it uh you've got some f- Fanciful names, which all kind of blend into your theme. Uh, of course, the Fortitude Red Blend. You have the Charisma Cabernet, the Sincerity Syrah. All right, that's next, right? Uh, I or think cab. the Cab next. Oh, yep. Cab is next. Okay. Charisma. Charisma. I like that. You'll see the personality on this one. Yeah, now, so. Cabernet Sauvignon um, can be, uh, I want to say, um, can be Cabernet in Washington. There's, there's a pretty good level, a good standard. And then there's some great Cabernets. Oh, yeah. Where are you getting your grapes? Well, we source from a number of AVAs, a number of different amazing growers. Uh, currently, across the Yakima Valley. Um, uh, uh, Stillwater. 
Stillwater is one of our partners. Uh, we're also sourcing through uh, Lawrence Vineyards, just east of them, on what's hopefully soon to be the Royal Slope. I think is that still pending. I think so. So, uh, and then Olson Brothers down in down in Yakima, uh, a little bit of Destiny Ridge, uh, which is uh, Alexandria Nicole estate vineyards right so i mean there's just such amazing growers in washington and for a small winemaker like ourselves you know you know part of spending so much time as an assistant is getting to know the fruit amazing, sources yeah, yeah fruit sources amazing you know farming that happens east of the mountains and so um you know we're always looking for top quality fruit and at our size it's not always easy but we you know we have relationships so that's what counts so your blending trials are for the 17 vintage correct Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, oh, excuse me. Our 16. sixteen vintage. Yeah, we're actually bottling this weekend. So. Oh wow. Yeah. All right. So you have uh, four vintages on your belt now, and um, they were actually relatively similar: thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. Right. Yeah. I mean the yes. Ten and eleven were the the, uh, the doppelgangers or whatever. <laughs> yeah, we had nice hot growing seasons all those years. You know, so. I mean, so this this wine uh, this wine has got a lot of cherry on it as well. Um, it is. Everything you want in a cab, just ninety six percent. I think we threw a little bit of Malbec in this to round it out. Yeah, uh, well done. And I think you've got great flavor here. Uh, you've got judicious use of oak. I think there's just maybe twenty three percent oak. Yeah, very little. Very oak. little. That's by by design. Yeah. yeah, and your tannin management is is awesome. I think for Cabernet, obviously you you have some skill here because that's that's the one. You can't be crushing it too hard or pressing it too hard and doing punch downs all the time. Uh, do you do punch downs or remontage? Punch downs, yeah. Of course, because it's a manual thing. And you're oh, yeah. a family owned run. Uh, so fun. I've got Kevin and Catherine Mueller, the founder co founders of Virtue Sellers. You're located in Woodville, right? Uh, no, we're in Shoreline, Richmond Beach neighborhood. Ah, uh, there you go, representing. Hey, folks, we got one more wine and chatting more with Virtue Sellers right here on Happy Hour Radio. They do for politics what Edison did with the light bulb. Kirby and Carlson, weekdays, 8 to 10 a.m. Talk Radio 570 KVI. KVI Want to Know Weekends continue. Now back to Happy Hour Radio with Christopher Chan. All right, Seattle. Hey, welcome back for our fourth and final segment. And uh, we've got some great wines. It's been a great day with the wines of Provence, the rosés, and now some really delicious reds. Uh, I'm really impressed, not only by the quality, but by the value, man. I mean... I know you got to start somewhere, and it's good. It's, you better. It's better to sell it than hold on <laughs> to it, right? Than worry about sales. So our third wine is called Sincerity Syrah. What? Uh, where's this vineyard from? Sincerity, yeah. So in 2015, we we sourced some fruit at an amazing Hedges Vineyard. Oh, sure, yeah. you, you know. That um, yeah, this is very. This wine, probably my favorite. Just I'm a Syrah guy, so the, this my. But this particular wine in this year definitely has all those tertiaries and. You know, Syrah character that you would expect out of a Washington Syrah. Is this thirty percent stems? Uh, no, we didn't, didn't use any didn't, stems in this I'm one. Think, I always thought that some of that smell comes from the stems. So we, but it's probably more tannin. We do uh, one of the one of the different. You know, one of the uh, winemaking techniques we, we employ is a whole berry fermentation. So oh. we allow the yeast to break down the skins. We don't do any maceration uh, during really? our ferments. And uh, yeah, so intracellular fermentation. T- yeah, it typically helps. In our experience, to provide that fruit concentration, you get definitely American palate wine, uh, uh, strong fruit in our wines by design, and uh, this wine is no different. Man, really delicious wines! Uh, congratulations! And this is fifteen. So how did the thirteens turn out? 
13s were our wedding wine, actually. Ah, how yeah. about that? We still we got, have a bunch. We got people really drunk. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, that's one of the pleasures, uh, of course. And congratulations, you got married thir- when 14 or 13? Uh, 15. You got married We held on to the 13s. Oh. For, yep. Oh, very good. 18 months in Oak. Okay, do you have plans to grow? Yeah, we do. We so, outside of the family, <laughs> you got more help coming the way, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, we both have full time jobs, so this is really like a passion project for us. So, uh, we'll see. We we built our so we have a production facility on our property in Richmond Beach neighborhood. It's currently sized to support up to about four hundred cases. Right, we're doing about half that today. So you know, over time, we're gonna increase our program, maybe add a few interesting varietals. Um, here or there, uh, but in general, we're going to be mostly Bordeaux and a little bit of Rhones. Very cool. Uh, do you have a bottling line, a bottling truck come in to help you? Oh, no. We're we're all wine club, hand bottling. Oh, Everything really? we do is hand touch. So, oh, you know, at our size, pretty... we can afford to do that. Yeah, um, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, and that's pretty good uh, leveling of the labels. They seem uh, really spot on. Thanks. Uh, so, you have a, a winery and a production facility in Richland and Shoreline. Um, you also have a tasting room? No tasting room. We're 100% uh, uh, wine, wine club, club okay. and then a handful of restaurants. So. so how do we learn more about Virtue Cellars and your pricing and your wine club? Yeah, so if you're interested, go to virtuecellars.com. Um, we've got all our wines uh, up there on the website. and then You can also find us on Facebook and all the social media, you know, Twitter, Instagram. Yep. But we, without a tasting room, where we basically do free deliveries for our wine club members and/or you know orders. So we have a, a order form info at virtuesellers.com, or you can email us Kevin at Virtue Sellers or Catherine at Virtue Sellers, and uh, that's how we deliver wine. We we take email orders and we deliver for free. Just do Kevin because Catherine's spelled a bunch of different ways, and yours is with the K and the Y. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Kevin with the K. How about that? Two Ks. Were you guys sitting in homeroom together? No, that's the last thing. <laughs> so fun. Um, any events coming up? Yeah, we've got our 2016 vintage release event, June 23rd, at our winery in Richmond Beach. Uh, that's is that a, a Thursday? No, it's a Saturday. It's a Saturday, yes. okay. And so it'll be three, four-hour event, evening time, very relaxed. We open up our production facility, turn it into a tasting room for a one-time event, and we're going to be releasing at least six wines, maybe all seven. Not sure, 100% sure yet. But uh, So June 23rd, if you're interested, send us an email or go to the, go to the website. And uh, it's an invite-only event uh, based on Washington State, you know, law. Right. So, uh, so you're all invited. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so send us an email. Yeah, that's the official. I know it's funny because you can't give. There's no free beer in the world. No free lunch either, actually, nope. for that matter. Uh, well, what a treat. Uh, I'm really impressed. It's it's really great to to taste in this fashion for me. I know we see each other at different tasting events, but we're always pouring our own wine, and we got lots of stuff going on, and we don't get a chance to really have a a really pleasant, thoughtful conversation and a good tasting. So congratulations, really good stuff. Thank Thanks, you. Chris. Hey, that's Virtue Cellars, uh, the tasting party, uh, the 16th release party is June 23rd, virtuesellers.com, to make your reservation. Um, and these prices are just amazing. I mean, I can't believe you charged 19 bucks for that Cabernet. That is freaking awesome. And $19 for Red Mountain Syrah. Oh, let's just call it 20 Come Isn't that even this is a, twin, uh, you know, a, a Jackson? Uh, pretty neat. Hey, um, folks, we've got a great event coming up on June 16th, that Saturday before uh, the big release party up at Virtue Cellars. It's uh, the gold medal tasting experience. It's over at the Rocky Center in South Seattle. 
college campus. Um, it's going to be great because we're going to have gold and double gold award-winning wines over there and ciders and perhaps some distilleries. Uh, and it, it is the season. It's uh, rosé season, and it's uh, a, June will be the time for some great red wine. These are all tasty red wines for um, summer fair, summer eating, because they're not too big. I think sometimes, typically, you know... A $100 bottle of wine can be too big. Um, but these are just right because they can sit by the glass and uh, good for food. Hey, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. It's uh, vansdeprovence.com and virtuesellers.com and happyhourradio.net. Hope you enjoyed the show. I look forward to seeing you. Remember, life is always better with a designated driver. Cheers.